Welcome yeah. to episode 29 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast presented by Royalty Liquors. This is a week of firsts in a couple regards, but before we get into that, let me introduce my co-host Ben, actually sitting across the table from me for the first time in 29 weeks that we've done this. He is physically in front of me as we sit here in beautiful Brighton, Maine. Benny, how was your week, pal? Astronomical. <laughs> I don't think that's a good one. Extraordinary. Okay, there you go. That's better. See, you, you, we were doing. We've done this. For I three said weeks extraordinary. Regurgitated get, two of them. No, my other one was spectacular. I thought. Oh okay. <clears throat> Anyways, how was your live? Oh, dude, it was awesome. Live audience. Um, yeah, I don't know, a little, little different vibe. This is definitely, normally I'm, I'm in my little, uh, norm, Samantha, shut your mouth. It's, yeah, we are. How's your week, Benny? This is, so, so for, for the listeners at home, most of whom are probably sitting in this room right now with us, <laughs> we have, uh, we have a, a live audience of about five people. First time the Sunday Conversation podcast has been done uh, in person in front of anybody that doesn't have four legs and is a canine. Um, so really kind of special week first. Before we go into anything, it would be um, it would behoove us to thank the Browns, both Sue and Scott, for putting this weekend together. Round of applause from the crowd, please. <laughs> At a girl, Bali. Um, they rented this fucking incredible house right on this. Oh yeah, it doesn't um, suck at all. I'll tell you that for free. Moose pond. <laughs> Could have easily charged all of us $300 a piece for the weekend. Didn't charge us anything out of the kindness of their hearts. Food taken care of. Every meal taken care of. Lobster, lobster baked lobster today. Lobster baked, catered. Um, oh. Didn't ask anything from anybody. And that's just kind of the people they are. They put this together to celebrate their son coming back from war. Our close personal friend, Dylan Brown. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Never too been sh- on the pod. Too shy. Come on. Um, so... It so, would be unfair of us to start this without thanking them. So, Scotty, Subi, you guys are the fucking best. And the best part is they're both um, avid listeners. So, they're two of our seven. They're eighteen uh, percent of our listener base. The two of them. <laughs> so it's uh, it's really awesome. It's been an, a killer weekend. Been a little bit chilly, but I wouldn't say like chilly enough to stop the uh, to the uh, clan, if you will. We've had a pontoon boat. Um, been water skiing, been, uh, let's see, kneeboarding, fishing. and then fishing. What other water sports? Kayaking. Basically anything. Um, oh, um, sinking. Um, let's see, Aaron, you. Oh, that's right. You guys, you, you lost your motor and you had to paddle back like an hour and yeah, a half. Yeah, that seems to have, that's happened to me four different times this summer. Uh, you'd think you'd learn from that mistake. Um, but I mean, really. But honestly, you got to blame that on the battery. That's not really on you, you know? Yeah, Scott Brown being too cheap to buy a real boat battery, so we're going to use this piece of shit RV battery and it doesn't fucking power a 34 pound thrust trolling motor, which for anybody at home that doesn't know how big of a trolling motor is, that could power you a know, canoe, maybe, with one person. An ant. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a trolling motor for ants. Um, but something else we're doing that's a little bit different is our first live in-studio audio, or, uh, excuse me, guest, Sean Soman, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Sean, how you doing, pal? Make sure you're talking to the mic. I'm doing well. How are you? Jam it, like, down your throat. Sean, tell us a little, tell, uh, wow, here, use your words, Ben. Um. Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, how, how did you, uh, where did you meet Aaron and I? Um, little bit, little bit on both of us, and then. Uh, how much do you like us? Who do you like better? And then, <laughs> who's better looking? Oh, God. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not prepared for that. Um, so we're we're gonna go with uh, how how we met each other and everything like that, um, and how I met a lot of people here at the lake. Um, was through hockey, um, which is a brotherhood, uh, first and foremost. Um, Sean, you're not doing and, a post game interview. Let and then I, and I, I know, but I'm, but you know, it's important because um, you know I think a segment is uh, USA Hockey and officials. 
um, because oh, yes, I'm a ref. I've been refing for ten years. Sean really is passionate about refing, and, um, which means he's a fucking narc. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a narc. I'm a narc kid. Said he was a bit of a fraud. I really like. I don't care for refs. Um, I, I was one of those people. I was one of those people. Freaks. They're you know just like you know it's like the people who like you know like uh, we don't really want them on the team, <laughs> but like. You're a great skater, so maybe you can ref. Yeah, but I was one of the kids on the team that was giving the ref the most shit. So it's it's wow. ironic it's ironic that I am a ref now, but I'm way more chiller as I as I play because you know it's like I don't want to get into it because you know I'm 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 that perspective now. I'm I'm a referee. I know how it is, especially with the with the parents and everything. They've gotten worse and worse over the years. Um, they think little Johnny's gonna get hurt every time he gets touched out there. I thought you were gonna talk about us. Oh I yeah yeah yeah. Sorry. Well, well, I thought I thought we were gonna do a segment of, of USA yeah, hockey. Like, Sorry. Let's get into it, Sean. You don't just jump right into the water. You know. Well, it's the first time I've been on uh, radio, so I don't know what I'm doing. This is a, it's a podcast, Sean. At the rate we're going, I'm gonna edit this whole. Segment. Sean. All right. <laughs> well, now we're gonna do we're gonna do quick hits. Okay. <laughs> Sean, when did you meet Aaron Taylor? Uh, I think it was in uh, high school or maybe no, Illinois. No, it had to have been middle. When did you move in? Oh, no. Actually, first time, first time we actually met was uh, in-house. We yeah, won, okay. yep, so in-house. Like yeah, <laughs> yes. Seven, seven years old. Oh, yep, yep. Exactly. Well, no, because I remember the picture, and I, I look at it every day, so, you know, no, I'm just kidding. Well, then you moved into the same neighborhood as me. <laughs> yep, and I, got, I actually got bullied by Aaron uh, back in the well, day with, tri- with yeah, he ran the fucking neighborhood, and uh, I had to run, I had to run home, I had to run home crying. <laughs> I had to run home crying some days, and I'd get bruises. Like, you know, the, people would be asking questions like, I, I never snitched on him. Never snitched. When, I probably did, though. So I don't when know. When did you move into that neighborhood? Uh, fourth grade? I don't know. I don't know how old I was. No, yeah. I you, I, yeah, fourth I, I, I grade. I thought it was young. I remember your brother coming, you and your brother coming over to play basketball, and your brother went to jam on the fucking hoop, <laughs> and dunked on him, pulled it over on himself, and fucking slammed his basketball <laughs> on top of him. Shout out, Eric. Sean. Yes. Yes. What what is your what is your favorite thing about the Sunday Conversation podcast? That you can have fun, you can fucking say whatever you want. Oh dude, that's that's one of our favorite that's things. Yeah, uh, that's the beauty of this of this medium. So alright, now, right, now we like have introduced our crowd to you a little bit. Um so Sean, when when did you know that you wanted to be a referee and never have sex again? <laughs> Can answer the first one. I don't know about the second one. Um, honestly, it was, hey, Samantha. I started when I started doing mentally. That's how I started. Mm. And then I got went to a seminar, USA Hockey, and then like kind of never stopped. And yeah. They kind of pushed me towards it because I was a good skater out there. And the game has only gotten easier in my like, tenth year because I've slowed everything down. And that's yeah. Shout out to USA Hockey. So yeah, uh, you can probably hear some some noise in the background that's drowned out Sean's boring story about <laughs> his referee. No, come on, but, we can't just. Move no, I know we're not gonna bash Sean. Um, Sean, um, tell me a little bit about uh, what you do for work. Oh, I work for a uh, uh, company. It's uh, called Myco Enterprises out of Vernon, Connecticut. Uh, we build fences. Uh, so if you need a fence, commercial or uh, residential, we can put it up. What's the phone number? Myco. Don't know. Got got eight six zero nine eight two nine eight two Mico Mico M I C O Mico short for my company. Um, but yeah, Sean uh, Sean works for my dad, and he uh, he's he's lost a bunch of weight. I guess if that's where you wanted to go, but I was gonna say uh, I don't know. You definitely. Uh, what do you think about uh? That kind of work and uh, like your possible like character because my big joke forever is dig holes, build character. Um, and I think that's true because there's a lot of adversity that you have to go through, especially when you don't know what you're doing. But the thing is, is that you're working hard, you're pushing through, you're getting things done regardless of the skill. You learn it on the job. 
that's how you build character. It's just pushing through adversity and just keep going. Just pushing through. Yeah, dude, some days it, it, it uh, is no fun, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, Satisfying work does. Um, hey, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Hey, Sean, we, uh, we appreciate that. And uh, um, obviously we love you and you're, uh, you're a dear old pal. And, you know, of course we sit here and, and poke fun at you, but everybody knows that the person that gets made fun of is the one that everybody loves the most. It's also the person um, that can take it too. Uh, yeah, no, totally. So, Great job. hey, Sean, um, but hey, for you, dude, for real. Yeah. This this is you got a chance to to say anything you want and it'll be out on you know mm-hmm. literally. Cool, well, not anything. Like, don't get us canceled. Yeah, don't get us canceled. <laughs> but hey, um, <laughs> refing is your thing. I mean, you got any last like fi- a final little little thing or? I don't know. Like, it's it's cool to hear. I don't know if I really want to hear my voice on the radio, but um, it is weird. It, it is weird, weird to hear it. Um, but I think. The main thing was uh, was getting USA Hockey out there and um, uh, <laughs> referee officials. Just because we need them, we need good ones. We need people with the knowledge of of like, oh fuck off! It is, dude. Like we're it's it's hurting, dude. Like USA Hockey's booming with people participants, but officials are lacking so much. And there's such old guys. Like I'm the up and coming, and the old guard is just done. It's just it, done. And it's hey, and that's what like so anybody that listened like don't really take what Aaron said to heart about like you're never going to have sex again or like that kind of thing because like uh, it's not that bad. It's not that Sean, bad. Alright, I got one more thing for you. What is a one piece of advice you would give your 18 year old self if you could go back and talk to that person? Come on, man. Say excuse me. Excuse me. Work hard. Oh, I like that. Hey, love you, Shano. Uh, thanks for coming Hey, um, hey, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk later. Um, You're the first guest that's been on in uh, a lot of episodes. Hey, let's get uh, let's get some man hands up here. Come on, Andy. Come, come into the stage. I've been waiting for this for so long. This is uh, so introducing. Uh, I, I shouldn't be doing this since I'm not related to her, but Benny. No, I think I think you should be doing okay, it because fine. you're the fucking Samantha, guy. This is Samantha Schanenberger, who is, if you can put it together based on the last name, Ben's younger sister, but somebody who I've known for f- at least 20 years, through forever. One of the best people just in terms of spirit, mental set, and pure luck in life. <laughs> awesome person to have on. Someone that was actually going to probably be our first guest at one point, but then we found more interesting people. So now that, but now that she's here and it's a crime of convenience, Samantha Shanerberg. I'm I'm nervous. You can be nervous. I'm nervous every time. It's just a free form conversation. What do you, you want to talk have a microphone about? In front of your face. What talk, do you want to talk, talk about? Talk about being a fucking a young stud of a woman. What's that? What's like the female version of stud? You know? Um, no idea. Couldn't tell you. What do they call female horses? Mares. Mares. Yeah, you're a mare. You're a fucking mare. I'm a stallion. <laughs> is that not a stallion? Is that? Would that be kind of derogatory to call a woman a mare? Yeah. Oh. oh I'm a stallion. Then you're definitely a mare, Samantha. <laughs> a donkey. <laughs> um. Yeah, Benny. Why don't but you yeah, I'm, let me let me do a little background. Um. Yeah. No, Samantha. She she grew up, I mean, I guess, you know, in the original, like, before, like, the trans became cool. What? Like, you know, you were, like, the little tomboy girl that didn't, that didn't, that didn't, that didn't I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Samantha, Samantha was the best athlete, the best girl athlete. Um, my, my biggest problem with Samantha growing up though was I had to play school with her so it was like uh, all I ever wanted to do was play outside sports 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 like soccer baseball and Samantha who was a kick-ass athlete and I would be begging her to to play sports was also an intellect you were an intellect and you were like yeah, but it was training. It's different. It's not like, you know what I mean? 
I was setting you up for success down the road. And, um, but uh, Samantha was, she loved like school and she wanted to play school. And I'm like, holy, oh, oh my God, it really was so nerdish. <laughs> but uh, so either way, what, what, the, what I'm getting at is, um, you know, like she played school, but then also played sports, which led her to, um, I don't know, just a, I mean, you did everything. You put, you danced. You were um, soccer, uh, softball, oh, hockey. Don't tell me um, that after you call me trans. <laughs> well, well, they can make assumptions for themselves. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be on too, and he's the best. And Samantha, I'm just messing with her. She's, she, she's my, be she's my best friend. I'm but, but um, you know. So then, next thing you know, you're going to this unbelievable academic institute. To play hockey because you were extremely good, and we both, you know, know that I was a little behind the eight ball, and I, it took me a couple extra years to develop. So we actually we graduated the I same had my year own of coursework. I had Ben's coursework. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on. Hey, true. Graduated college the same year. Yeah, 2013. And dude, my my culminating class, uh, it was called business strategies. Yeah. Uh, we had this like 26 page paper. Okay. Dude, I fucking sent it to her the night before. I was with I was with three rocks, my best buddies, two hockey guys and a baseball a baseball player, but um. I, I like center this whole. It was a twenty-six page analysis of a company, and she she was like, "Ben, are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> She's like, "I had to rewrite the entire thing." So, you know, along with taking care of taking care of me, she was obviously taking care of herself, and uh, and that led her to I don't know a, to be a, a young a young business. Oh man, our buddy Richie just got off the lake and it looks like his face is more messed up. Well, we got an accident on the kneeboard. Um, our first unidentified party injury. No, it's a UBI, it's an upper body injury. It's a boating injury. Um, long story short, Samantha went to a, an amazing college, Connecticut College, go Camels, woot woot. And, uh, why would they do the camels, by the way? Why, why wouldn't they do the camels? It's just like a terrible mascot for a college in South, yeah, why? Southeast yeah. Connecticut. Mascot, baby. Yep, mascot. Camels, mules, jumbos, uh, Fs. Fs. You got the uh, Lord Jeffs, but they changed their name now. You got the uh, the polar bears. You got the what was Bates? Bob. That's that's actually kind. That's actually kind of good. Um. um but yeah, then Samantha got a kick-ass job. She's been fucking traveling. I don't know. Tell me, you want to talk about like what? Do you not want to talk? Are you no, a little bit talk. scared? I'm a little scared. Well, like, t like, do you think that you're um, better than me? <laughs> do you think you're better than me? <laughs> um, you said that, so I don't know. I just repeated. You know who said that? DJ Doria. I hope he listens to this. He definitely does. Well, Shout out DJ. Uh, DJ, good, good friend, good, good guy. Um, but, um, I don't know, Samantha's been, uh, Let's crushed. Oh, hey. of when you put me in a full Mason. No, a full Nelson. Nelson. Nelson? And we, we thought we killed you. We thought. Edit that out. <laughs> Cut that. No, we're not cutting Hard anything. Cut. Let's tell the story of when you put me in a full Nelson and almost killed me and I had to wear a neck brace to my sixth grade spelling bee. How did you do in that spelling bee? Uh. I didn't make it to the end. Do you know? I did make it to Connecticut you know, College. Yeah, you did. Um, and uh, would Am you I say? Better than Sean? Um, yes. Well, Sean, we're gonna have to piece together his interview because he just. Hey, Sean, how'd you meet the guys? Well, USA Hockey is severely <laughs> understaffed when it comes to repping. But uh, that is yeah. that is a, that is a real, uh, a real issue. That's but a real uh. But uh, but Sammy, I would say, I mean, come on, you gotta you gotta call it what it is. Like, you know, you worked your 
You're a boss. You, yeah, you got You're a killer boss. job, and now you got an even new, even more killer job. Do you want to talk about your new, even more killer job that I'm really into now? Ben's super into my job. I took it specifically for Big Brown. Just to impress Ben. Only to impress Ben, because that's what I've been trying to do for 29 years. Um, cannabis staffing. Cannabis staffing. Building an industry. Why don't you talk about... Why don't you talk about how like you went from it was IT recruiting first, right? It was all tech recruiting. Yeah. Placing nerds. Yeah. And but like okay, so hold on. Like don't doesn't that like it's kind of a tough job because you're you don't really know most of these people before you start having communications with them, right? You stalk them on LinkedIn. Is that really you it? You find them. Like you go through LinkedIn and find the people that like would meet the qualifications that you yeah, looking for? you headhunt. Okay. You and then you just contact them out of the blue. You contact them. You call them. Gabe, Gabe can talk about this, too. Don't worry. We'll have Gabe on next. Um, I mean, we want to talk to him about being, like, a college quarterback. Not really, <laughs> but we just don't have anything else to talk to you anyway, about. Anyway, so you we'll find, find your candidate, reach out, get them excited, get them the job. But are these people who don't have jobs already, are you stealing them away from other companies? Like... Typically, the good candidates are employed. Right, and then so you got to find a way to steal them away. You got to you got to put those sales shoes on but turbo so, so like, and well, get them excited. Well, what about your personality made you good at that job? Is it the competitive nature you have? Is it just the drive, the passion for the industry? Like, what about it made you good at it? Because uh, I, I, not to cut you off, but I'm cutting you off. All the other people I know that have done that job in some capacity have left and gone on the other other things. And while you have now two, you have just progressed through this job that I think has become more and more common for people our age that don't have like a super like strict sense of direction once they leave college or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I know a lot of people who've done recruiting for different industries and all that stuff, but it's become like you know, it's become an industry in and of itself where, you know, None of our parents ever did recruiting or anything like that. So what about it, or what about you made you so good at? When I interviewed, they drew this thing on the whiteboard that was that showed how much you could advance. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get there. Yeah. And I'm going to get there fast. And I wanted to do it because I never wanted my dad to ever have to pay for anything in my life again. Yeah. And so I think the competitiveness outgoing, able to speak to humans, not on podcasts, but in general, able to speak pretty, pretty well. And you're just dealing with human beings. Oh, I was a psych major. That might have helped. So you were just constantly analyzing. I just analyzed the shit out of people. You're like, this guy is so emotionally weak. I'm just going to tell him he's going job and he's just gonna do it <laughs> you'll take this fucking job but so i mean so obviously you performed extremely well and moved on up so you were what you were running an office in boston then i was running a team in boston yeah. no i was i was on a team in boston i got promoted out to chicago to run a team there yeah then i left chicago and i ran another team in boston hired g baby yeah who's now my fiance who are we coming up next uh who's on the pod next you and then G-Baby? You know G-Baby dies in that movie, right? I know he dies, but Gabe's not going okay. to die. G-Baby was the best. Um, so G-Baby and I built an empire in Boston, and then I got promoted out to run an office in L.A., and then yeah. my old boss from Chicago called me, and he got into cannabis staffing, yeah. and yeah. I, I left. You went, you, went to, you went to Chicago, back to Boston, then to L.A., then to LA. Now a uh, uh, a move in L.A. But why don't you tell them how fucking cool your job is now in L.A. Because you bring your dog to work every day. Yeah, no, that's fun. But um, I think uh, what's even cooler than that, though, is kind of like you're, I mean, you now went from what you were doing to getting equity. In a, I mean, you got, you've been a headhunter for however long, and you just got headhunted. They say the best salespeople get sold easily. Is that the, is that the thing? 
area? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been recruited a handful of times in the last three years, so, you know, I would say the same. Aaron's good at sales. <laughs> you know, I'm responsible for a couple million dollars a year in alcohol, not a big deal. Um, um, but so, like, are you, all right, so, like, obviously before your, your focus was on, was on tech, but, like, is this more broad spectrum, like, your, like every aspect of the cannabis industry or is there a specific section of it that you're going after? So we are specifically placing six-figure six figure jobs in cannabis. It's not like your bud tenders. So you're talking like executives. Not, we're talking ex- managers, directors, VPs, executive level. Now, how do you see the cannabis industry growing in the next 10 years? Oh, baby. Uh, I mean, it seems like it's been on an exponential increase for the last five years. So as the states, this is a big thing I was talking about the other day with uh, Dylan about sports gambling. As the dust starts to settle from COVID and states start to like look at and analyze their economies, they're going to have to find alternative sources of revenue outside of just increasing taxes. And so I think that's really going to start to pave the way for the rest of the states that have not legalized marijuana and or sports gambling to start to go those those avenues. So do you see in the next five years just this continual like like rocket ship to the moon? Of growth in the cannabis industry. I do. I think, I think a lot of states are about to come online, and I think the states that already have come online are already booming. Michigan, yeah. Illinois, Massachusetts, Maine, California is not even our biggest market anymore. I feel like it's all like almost old hat now in California. You know, like everybody's so oh, used geez. to it. Oh, geez. Yeah, everybody's so used to it. You know, I remember the first time. I went and visited John Riley in 2013. I had him go to the dispensary for me, and I thought that was like super cool because, like, obviously being from Connecticut, we didn't have anything like that. When um, when I was out there last year in April, in 2019, you know, at that point, like, I could just order from the dispensary. Somebody showed up at the house, checked my ID, and just dropped off whatever I ordered. Like, it's it's like old hat now. It's just like well, the deli- retail is. Retail's blowing up, but if you think about the world, delivery is the future. Right. And delivery is becoming a huge thing. But there's so many laws and regulations and licenses and like so many hoops that you need to jump through. Yeah. So it takes a bit, but it's going to it's going to the moon. Ben's already there. I'm just excited because um <clears throat> if 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 companies are hiring execs at a rapid rate and Samantha says, hey, this company is hiring execs at a rapid rate. I may look into that company. In Canada. No companies can IPO in uh, Are you talking about to invest? Because <laughs> yeah. it made it sound like you were looking for a job. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't invest right now. No, it's a... No, it's a, it just like, if you, if you look at the analysis of ca- uh, cannabis companies in terms of, like, the investing point, like... It went from being a good investment a few years ago to now being oversaturated and not quite a good investment. Well, the problem in Canada is that there's so much uh, supply. Right. Not enough demand. demand. Yeah. And in the U.S., there's so much demand. Not enough supply. Right. 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 And so the Canada made a couple big mistakes. When are there are there public. are there publicly traded American cannabis companies? Nay. They're all Nay. Canadian, yeah. right? But if. But the companies will change. go to Canada. They'll open up a, what's it called? IPO. No, well, Distributorship. They, I don't remember. The or an LLC. No, it's not like this is your industry or anything like they, that. Listen, I'm two weeks in. So <laughs> You're green. Dot. As in nice pawn, Ben. In case you couldn't hear that, he said uh, she's green. Um, they'll open a location. Which is hilarious, not not to rag on Canada, but like Can- T- Toronto Stock Exchange, which is the largest stock exchange in Canada, has grown 3% in the last 10 years. Meanwhile, the U.S. stock market hit like an absolute bottom in March, and then like the NASDAQ's up like 26% since then. So keep, keep on going, Canada. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, shit. I guess, I guess, uh, Gabe King. Samantha... I, we're gonna re, we're gonna revert back to our episode one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and then like that's the feeling I think that you have right now. Um, I think you're a little nervous. I think you should edit this out. I'm not gonna edit any of this. Fuck no. Oh. 
Yeah, well, this, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, you talk that shit. I didn't talk shit. I was joking because I never <laughs> thought I'd be in person with you guys and I would ever have to do it. Well, not that that's not an honor, an absolute honor and privilege to be on the pod. No, but hey, this is life. You know, sometimes. So now maybe this will this will be that triggering moment for you to realize that, like, you know. What Ben to, does is to, really difficult. <laughs> no, ben no, has a no, hard. No, 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 no. I was going to say, like. Especially when you take a giant bong rip before. <laughs> I mean. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Did I take. No. I'm but kidding. Maybe you should have. No, I did. Um, but, no, I guess you're. Uh, I don't know. Are you kicking her off the pot? Get me off. I don't need a, as long of an I, no, exit, no, 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 an outro right. as well, I needed I an intro. And, uh, get get Gabe in here. He'll crush it. Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, goodbye, Samantha. Samantha, thank you. Guys, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Probably be the last time. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe, Gabe Harrington. It's Harrington, right? Tell him how much you love me, Gabe. Come on up, buddy. <laughs> Guys. Honor to be on the pod. Well, Long time listener. Fuck's sake. That's, uh, that's a breath of fresh air. Here, I'm going to hit a piss, you guys. Oh, you guys can oh, talk for a minute. Uh, Gabe. Uh, I guess Gabe, Gabe Harrington is, well, I guess he's little bro, dude. That's little bro. He uh, put a ring on put a, put a ring on that last. That massacre. Um, <laughs> that, that massacre. That previous massacre we had on the podcast. Um <laughs> Trust me, she's uh, she's um, she's awesome, and uh, I was trying to say that, but I guess I don't know. We're having a tough time, but uh, yeah, Gabe, um, welcome on, dude. Um, hey, it's great to be on. It's really great to be. How, how you doing today? I'm, dude. I'm great. You seem you seem pretty excited. That's I'm pretty jacked that's up. Sure. Um, Gabe. Uh, Let's see, he's, from, he's a West Coast dude. He's a West Coast guy from San Diego, and he uh, he's, a, he's a football player. He's pretty tall, like 6'4", <laughs> I'd say. 6'5". 6'5", on his college stat card, maybe 6'4", in real life. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, football player. I mean, what was it like playing, uh, slinging the rock around the West Coast? What was it like running the West Coast offense at, at an early age? Uh, it always been a dream of mine to run an efficient West Coast offense. <laughs> you know, growing up, playing uh, you know ragtag football in the backyard. Everyone just want to run bombs, and you know I wanted a nice play action rollout, um, maybe a little, little option. In there. Gabe, talking to the mic. Sorry. Into the mic. Gabe. Into the mic. Jesus Christ. Yeah. These rookies. Don't worry, it's the number one thing people forget. Um, Gabe, what made you want to, I don't know if you covered this, I wasn't listening, I was in the bathroom taking a piss. What made you want to come to the East Coast to play football? Or was it was it just a byproduct where you wanted to be? Shut the fuck up, Samantha, you already had your time. Jesus Christ. Um, was it that you wanted to come to the East Coast, or the East Coast was the only place that offered you? Uh, that sounds kind of mean. I didn't mean it like no, that. No, 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 I definitely wanted to come to the East Coast. I mean, San Diego's, you know, a dream city where everyone – it's a destination city. So, you know, everyone thinks I'm crazy for going to Maine for school. The finest city in America, they say. Waterville, Maine. Yeah. As uh, the honestly, most – Honestly, I got scratched twice in my college hockey career, and one of them was at Colby College. <laughs> <laughs> and my coach actually told me that he'd never pretty much take me out of the lineup again because we lost. And uh, that fucking, dude, that is a morbid, morbid little area in the in the. No, I, would, I, would, I don't know about that. I would say <laughs> that. So please tell me what you did to stay warm in that town. And, it, and like, did you? Honestly. Did, the, dude, you didn't visit, did you? Not, not before. Er. No, I did visit before I committed. But honestly, talking about recruiting, I went to Colby. I had gone to a bunch of, like, East Coast football camps at BC, you know, 10,000 kids at Yale, all those ones. But the coach that recruited me was the best recruiter I've ever met. Salesman. Salesman. Used car salesman. 
He left the year after I got there. Did he get a job <laughs> in a <the> school? <laughs> yeah. He, he was out of there. But he would call That's me up my favorite every day. Sports is, like, I bet you the conversion rate of the coach that recruits you to being there while you actually play. Like the guy that recruited me yeah. didn't even – was gone before I ever came to Castle. I feel like that happens a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, dude. Did you – like, I mean – well, give give me a rating on your on your four years in, in in Maine. Like, did you hit some spots on the coast? Did you guys go to Portland? Like, or was it like, did you stay in? Like- Honestly, yeah. I I wish we had done more like shit outside of just drinking beer and like partying. But like now, I would have probably like hit up the coast, gone to Portland, Katie, all that stuff. But while we were there, hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, I think is what they say. Yeah. Bunch of college kids. How about we mix in a little romance? Why don't you tell the story about how you and Samantha met? Yeah. Oh man. Well, since most of the since most of the time, <laughs> romance is not something we discuss. Why don't you hit the listeners with something? Now, keep in mind some of our listeners are a little bit older, like in their forties and fifties. Maybe spice it up a little bit, Gabe. People may be living vicariously through this love story you're about to tell. Hey, Ben, why don't you take a lap, okay? Those <laughs> <years>. <laughs> uh, no, Ben, or, uh, I was going to say, Ben and I's romance. <laughs> ben and I's romance is just beginning. Uh, no, Samantha and I is, uh, romance is like a uh, rom-com, you know, shitty rom-com of, like, co-workers who are, you know. Just hold it, man. It's awesome. easier if you hold it. No, it's fine. It's all right. You're learning. I mean, we'll never have you back either. <laughs> I'm blowing it. Um, no, uh, Samantha hired me. It was my boss. Uh, we went through some rough times of the job where I was uh, not hitting my quota. <laughs> I was literally just about to ask. Did, Had she some, you, uh, did she give you preferential treatment because she was physically attracted to Actually, you? quite the opposite. I would get <laughs> fucking torn apart. We'd have these uh, spotlights where, you know, every every day at 8.30, the whole team sits down, goes through, you know, what's going on at their desk, yeah. you know, wh- what leads they have, all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they, like, one girl would go, like, cool, 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 all right, cool. You know what you're doing today? Great. Yeah. Well, another girl would go, great, great. And then I'd go, and it was just like, everything you're doing is terrible. <laughs> like, what what are you doing? What are you going to do today? It's like, oh, I'm going to try to call some people. It's like. Do you have a plan for that? Ah, I mean, yeah, I have some numbers here, and you know, people call it. So she was negging you, basically. Yeah, she She was was trying to make you feel bad about yourself, so that when your confidence was down, she could sneak away. Classic technique. Normally, you see men do it to women, but you know, they don't call her some man hands for nothing. Um, but Gabe, all right, I, I am, I'm legitimately curious because I have a couple different friends that have done recruiting jobs. Is it just soul sucking? It seems like it would be a soul-sucking job to have to call people and be like, hey, man, listen, I got a great opportunity for you. Please leave the job. We'll we'll get back to it. Samantha, again. It's part of the love story. Listen, you didn't want to be on the fucking podcast anymore. You guys want to do a podcast with a live audience. You've got to adapt. It's just we're adapting. It's just funny how when you're on the podcast, (laughs) you can't fucking say a word. And then you fucking get off the podcast and you're like, yeah, so please just quiet down in the back. Okay. If you don't mind, I'm going to continue to ask our guests questions about something that I actually find interesting. Christ. Right. Recruiting. Recruiting. Soul sucking. It seems like it's just a soul sucking job to have to. It's basically like the telemarketing of like the business world. Yeah. I would say when recruiting's, when it works, it's great. Like when you can call a dude that you know is going to be. Hey, hey, quiet. Come on. The edibles are kicking in. It's just it's it's just so funny. Still, it still, really is unbelievably you gotta, funny. You gotta toss these people. They're being unruly. They gotta go. Where's Sean? I haven't said anything. No, we yeah, and that's that's awesome. It's just so funny how No, we're not editing anything because I want my sister to hear herself. Right, yeah. Oh, right. God is Anyways. right. Maybe you'll maybe you'll quiet down in life. So, Gabe, but did it did it become a thing where because like I think this is a thing men do where they will like put themselves through 
shitty situations to continue to pursue a girl? Like, was it something you saw yourself doing long term? Or you had the hots for Samantha and were like, I'm just going to stick this out so I can spend more time with her? I definitely would have quit way, way long ago <laughs> if it wasn't for Samantha. So. See, that's a good fucking yeah. question. That is an awesome question. Fuck off back there. <laughs> At what point were you intimidated by Samantha and thought she may punch you in the face while you're sleeping? Probably like the first eight months of the job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like going in, just like, I hope, I hope Samantha's in a good mood today. <laughs> I'm not trying to have my whole life ripped apart. It's so funny because I, I was hanging out. Like we went, I, I remember we went to a Red Sox game with, with these, whatever, it was four of us, uh, Gabe's buddy, I guess Samantha's friend, yeah. Not, Nick. Yeah. Nick, Nick, shout out uh, Nick Bedard. Nick Bedard Thanks for the seats. Love you, bud. Front row monster tickets. And uh, I think he was 30 tweez later. I think he was probably <laughs> my sister. But it was, and I knew secretly that she had, you know, this love for Gabe. And they were, like, kind of secretly dating. So this kid probably, like, I mean, hey, dude, he's going to hear this. But it is what it is. Sorry, dude. That's what happens when, you know, you're... <laughs> You know, you're friends with people who have a mega hit podcast on the <laughs> network. But, uh, yeah, dude. So he got these monster seats, probably thinking he was going to swoon my sister. And little did she know, she, she was like, you know, rubbing her hand down fucking Gabe's pants on the green monster. <laughs> we drank like, you know, whatever, a hundred twisted teas. So we spent zero dollars on the tickets, but we actually spent a thousand dollars on twisted teas. Um, Fucked up amount of money on twisted yeah. teas. No, actually, thirteen dollars uh, a, a pop at Fenway. Yeah, no. So it was like I, I saw this like like secret relationship, I guess. And uh, I mean, I guess you were you were all right. You were pretty cool back then, you know. And uh, you've only gotten I, worse. I, <laughs> I think. Uh, our relationship has grown, and we have uh, quite a good time together, which is awesome. And we make my sister happy, which is awesome. And uh, you guys are both awful at podcasting, which is also awesome. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, so it's been cool. It, I, I honestly, it is like the prototypical story, though. Like, you know, young guy, fucking Max on hot older boss and fucking like ends up marrying her so um hopefully uh you guys have a, a flourishing uh relationship and uh all that jazz you know thanks ben uh sorry sorry and spilling all that shit on you but uh that's the way it goes the, uh, sunday conversation podcast there for you uh aaron you got any uh, parting thoughts for gabe before he gives his Gabe, we only met two nights ago. And the amount of emotion I feel for you is probably unhealthy. I would reckon this is what Samantha felt like when she hired you, but you know, I can't know for sure. Just know this. I think you're an awesome dude. I don't really care how you treat Samantha. I mean, whatever, she's a big girl, she can pick up for herself. But you seem like a great dude. I'm happy to know you. I'm glad you came. And uh, it's gonna be one hell of a wedding. You better believe I'm going to own that fucking dance. <laughs> Guys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Um, Keep up the good work. Yeah, All your loyal loyal listeners uh, appreciate it every week. Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate you, buddy. You're the man, Gabe. All right, let's, let's, let's go. Bring up, uh, let's bring up the man of the hour. The Come on, yeah, team. boy. Come on, Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown. Downtown Dylan Brown. All right, hey, this. All right, this is gonna be a little bit different intro. I love, I love my sister. I, I love my little baby cousin too, and he's, he's, uh, he's, I, he's nervous. I can tell, but it's okay. Um, dude, one of my, uh, one of my fucking closest pals. Um, the, the reason we're here, uh, a helicopter pilot, fucking master of the sticks, um, fucking. Uh, spirit of the sky, fucking um, <laughs> magic man, Dylan Brown. Fucking, how are you, bro, bro? All right, all right. I'm, uh, I'm well. This might be the uh, scariest thing I've done in the last year. Come on, Dill. I mean, it's really not that intimidating. You know, you're just talking to your buddies. There's nothing different about this than our ride up in the truck, except you have a microphone in front of your face and millions of people can hear what you have to say. But, I mean, don't worry. Millions of people aren't going to hear what you have to say. Um, 
So why don't uh, oh Ben, we just got a new follower on Instagram. Let's go Sunday conversation, baby. <laughs> well, it's interesting to uh, to like see you in person, you know, because I've been like listening right. for you know since when, when did you guys start back in uh, March eighth? Right? So, yep. Uh, over there, you know, there wasn't much entertainment to do. Right. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. So he got it fucking for I sure. I texted you for the first episode drop that I was the first one. I snapped a pic of it or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were. Yeah. And then we were going to get you a flag to get up on a helicopter so we can post on our Instagram. And we never did that. Well, that's all right. We're, follow through is not our strong suit yet. We're getting there. It's going to be way cooler when, when it's flying off the back of a private. All right. or, or that's our, our, our end number is SC. Yeah, no, we're, no, we're going to have a private plane that is all black, all black, and then the tail is just Sunday Conversation logo. But anyways. No, we're manifesting. If you don't put it in the universe, it can't happen. Dill, what's it been like to be home? Like, honestly, like, I mean. Hold on, hold on. Let's go back a little bit. Let's go right. back because I feel like there's, it's, been a long, it's been a long journey. Like, dude, from hockey. Sure. Like it was way before that. You're talking about, like, like when, well, I mean, Dylan, you, know, fuck, you guys he, are cousins. He really but. is our, I mean, you guys played hockey together. Sure. Like, us, you know, meaning our, your and I's friendship has, you know, because you've been, you know, been around. Yeah, you're. All right, hold on. Sorry. Let's get this right for the listeners. Aaron and Dylan are from the same hometown. So, they played high school hockey together. Hey, hands. They had a lot of the same friend group together. I you was cousins with Dylan, but then I, I will, also played it. hockey with Aaron, <laughs> um, like youth hockey. So we had that connection. But um, Dylan has been my tie to a lot of my friend group. Like the whole group that's here that, that we're – everyone's hanging out together. I mean, I'm obviously only, I'm here because I'm, I'm Dylan's family. So it's the only reason you're I here. I had the pleasure of having the same genetics as Dylan, <laughs> and uh, which is, so it's probably the same friend group as Dylan. But uh, so yeah, D and I and you know everybody. But I mean, starting early on, you know, we like completely grew up together. We lived like three miles from each other, so we. Would, would mountain bike to each other's houses and stuff growing up and uh, do everything. I went on all the vacations with the Browns and and like whatever. So very, very tight. And then I guess Dill jumped ahead of the pack and grabbed his private helicopter license um, after high school instead of taking the normal route to college, which he actually circled back and grabbed it for three years. Couple two tree credits. But either way, so he kind of he bumped, bumped out early and, and, and kind of was taking a different route, got his private helicopter's pilot's license, which is, it's incredible. And then that kind of led him um, or, or I, I shouldn't not I shouldn't say let him, but opened up opportunities for him to jump in the seat, the pilot seat of a uh, CH-47. That's uh, the United States <laughs> Army helicopter. It's a it's a twin prop. Oh um, made by Boeing. Made, uh, it's a it's a Boeing aircraft, and it's a uh, yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's are you going to let him talk today at all, no, Ben, or are you just, just going to ramble on for no, 20 minutes? No, I don't think he would say these things. I know he would. No, he wouldn't. He so definitely I'm wouldn't. I'm just saying, like, it, it was, it's kind of fucking badass. So then, uh, yeah, so he has, so now we just fast track to the last year he's been over in Afghanistan, and this is where I'll kind of turn it over. But, uh, so yeah, Dylan, master of the sticks, um, <laughs> more ways than one, um, but uh, yeah, uh, DB, love you, dude. And uh, sorry if that was drawn out. I don't give a fuck. I can do that. Let's drawn out. Let's just uh, we'll start with uh, airplanes have props, helicopters have rotors. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> okay, twin rotors. That's okay. Hot start. Hot start, Ben. Glad you took 20 minutes to get all that wrong. Um, you know what? I'm just fucking. 
with you. I'm just fucking with you. But what – so, yeah, you spend a year in Afghanistan. I mean, what – I guess we can take it back from that. What was, like, your mental state going into that, though? Like, knowing that it was coming and, um, you know, the build-up to that. What was, like, your mental state? Like, were you ready? Were you prepared? Were you anxious so, uh, about it? If anybody who knows me well from my childhood, like, I'm a very much of a homebody person. Um, you know, people tell me to get off the tit or whatever, but, you know, I, I have a great family. But they're great parents. tits. Okay. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> okay. Um, so, it, like, leaving home's always been tough for me, you know? Yeah. And, and I, had, I left home a couple times, like, when I went to flight training. I lived in Alabama for a couple of years, and, um, you know, that's a little different because you have the chance to come home every weekend. So, right. like, just knowing that I was going to leave, you know, for a whole year and be gone, and um, it was definitely stressful. I think I was... I was more worried about, um, like, God forbid something happened. And sure. I wasn't really going into anything, like, too crazy. But if, if something were to go wrong, like, you know, the effect I would have on my family and right. stuff, um, especially my mother, because I know she had a tough time. So that definitely stressed me out, like, worrying about them being at home, worrying about me being there kind of thing. Sure. Um, as far as going over there, you know, you've been with these, flying with these same guys for, like, six years and you're a, a great group of dudes. So it's kind of like, you know, be like the equivalent, like going somewhere with your hockey team. Like, sure. I just, I, I, like someone told me to think of it as like going on an adventure, you know, like some people don't get to do, uh, you know, do shit like that. So um, I was definitely excited <clears throat> and then uh, kind of expected to be doing like, you know, a lot of people crack jokes about the Connecticut, or not Connecticut specifically, but the National Guard um, versus like, you know, regular army sure. units or um, <clears throat> special team units, things like that. But, uh, thinking if I was going to go over there just do like kind of cargo runs, they say ass and, tra ass and trash, ass and trash, um, you know, flying people around, uh, cargo, just like very simple, uh, not very dangerous stuff, but uh, when we got over there, um, they put us with this, uh, with these couple groups of units um, that were all special teams and all they did was uh, like capture kill missions, so we would, uh, you know, no cargo, it was like yeah. every, every night we were dropping, you know, however many guys into, into these like little villages um, enemy controlled or whatever and they uh, you know they would do their thing and then we'd come back and get them out and most of the time it went off without a hitch and uh, you know you never saw you never saw anybody down there and then sometimes it was a little hairier but yeah um, you know. what's this like um, obviously there's at there's stress in all aspects of, of that but like are you carrying? Are you carrying the stress of now every single person on that helicopter? Like, do you think being a pilot, like, like, I don't know if you like. I guess you would say like the ground, like someone who's on the ground. You're kind of like fighting for yourself. You know what I mean? Or not fighting for yourself, but like, you're, you're. The outside variables are kind of. Like when you're a pilot. Sorry, I'm, I'm like going back. But when you're a pilot now, it's all those guys that are sitting in there. They're like, well, we kind of are depending on this guy just for, for like meaning first round of safety. Like if the if the helicopter shut off, it goes down and they have no control over yeah. that. So it's like, oh, sorry about that. But um, is that so is that like are, is now the conscious of even that? Like thirty guys on sitting on you, or you know what I mean? Does I mean, that make every, sense? I think every, because I, I don't want to take away from uh, any of the ground guys. That, like, no, no, no. Yeah, but like, I mean, the, if a if a ground guy got under fire, he can run, he can yeah, dip, like, he can dodge, a, he yeah, can he hit can the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's like there's definitely other ways like that a ground guy could fuck everybody. Like if if he's the one calling in airstrikes and he gets the number backwards. And he drops the bomb on his group of fucking twenty-five dudes, you know. So, but I, I okay. know what you're saying, yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. yeah. So, I absolutely felt like when we were going in there, like if I screw up and I come in too hot and I fucking pancake it in there, I used to call it. Uh, I, if I landed harder than I meant to, I'd call it a gravity check to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> a gravity check, but. Uh, yeah, obviously, if you ball it up hard and everybody dies, you know, that's like, you know, so there's 40 people in the back that are relying on you to get in there. So there's absolutely that level of stress. But that, you know, that would come with every every job that could be like that. You could be a truck driver and if you fucking roll it over, a bus driver, you roll sure. it over, you kill everybody in the back. But I definitely thought about that because it's like we do these, like, mission briefs beforehand. 
and like you got these like really high speed special forces commanders briefing these like targets that they're going after and I was just like the first couple times I was sitting there like listening to this guy talk about all this wild shit he's got to do and then he's like you know just make sure you fucking get us (laughs) (laughs) just drop us off and pick us up and uh and I had never been over there before you know so it's like I got a couple rides with the outgoing unit. They were like, this is how you're going to do shit. And, like, and then they left, and they were like, good luck. And I was just like, oh, boy, dude. Like, now it's the time to learn. So this steep learning curve. And then, and then you know, a month later, it's just like you get, like, used to it. You're used to like, it, yeah. You do a job. Right. Um, but, yeah, de- I mean, definitely think about that. Like, holy shit. Man. Yeah, but, like, the thing about it, Dill, that makes it, like, makes you, like, a good fit for it. I was talking to somebody about you that you don't know, actually, recently, and I and – I, was kind of gushing about you because like the one of the things one of your characteristics one of your character traits that makes you such an awesome guy is your loyalty you're you are hands down one of if not the most loyal people i've ever met if you're friends with you you've got their back no matter what no questions asked it is uh it's great for somebody like me that's like five nine because I can just run my mouth off at whoever and know that i you know i got backup if i need it but but more than that like you know, that kind of, that level of, here, I'll give you a great, a great example. And I'm sure you remember this. We were playing men's league hockey with the Chiefs. This big dude was like giving me a hard time in the corner. He was like trying to like hold me up against the boards and all this shit. Just being a dickhead. As I'm coming out of the corner, I pitchfork his skates in the front of his skates. So like, you know, if you're not a hockey player, if you take your stick and jam it into somebody's toe of their skates hard enough, they're going to fall over because it throws them off balance. So I pitchforked this dude, and I knock him over. So as far as I was concerned, it was over. It was all fair, right? I gave him a good shot. He gave me a couple good shots. You come fucking screaming in out of nowhere and just grab this dude by the helmet and start giving it to him. And he was a big boy, and he gave you a couple good shots, and it was it ended up being a good scrap. But like, Yeah. And it was like a it – was, but it was just a prime example of like in reality – you didn't need to fight there. Like, him and I had no beef. Like, our little scrap in the corner was over with. But here you come coming in like, nope, got to have my boys back and fight this dude. And, like, he gave you a couple good shots for it. But, like, anyways, the point of all that, you're an extremely loyal dude who is willing to do whatever it takes or whatever is necessary for your friends. So my assumption would be that your that part of your personality makes you a great helicopter pilot for what you do in the military because it's just who you are. It's part of your nature. It's not something you have to learn. It's just who you are. Yeah, and then I also think that, like, you know, you could – I think I could say that about anybody in my unit that I fly with. Sure. Really, like, you'd like to think that anybody in the military is like that because, um, like, I used to always – some of the times we'd go out and do this shit where, you know, the weather's, like, kind of bad, and it's like, well, why, like, why even do this tonight? Like, let's wait. And they're like, no, we want to go. And it's like, you know, sometimes over there I had, like, you know – I would think about, like, you know, is this shit really worth, like, the, the risk we're taking? Like, this war over here, been here for 20 years, is it worth dying for kind of thing? And so, like, once you – and I was like, oh, like, maybe we shouldn't put these guys in tonight or whatever. So, obviously, they tell you you had to put the guys in. So, they go in and they do this shit. Well, now when they're on the ground, now it's like, hey, we got, like, Americans on the ground. Yeah. So, like, we have to do whatever it takes to go back. So, we would, like, push bad weather or we push, like, the enemy situation because – there were American dudes like your yeah. brothers on the ground kind of thing and that kind of gave you the motivation to do it and that, I think that loyalty is just like it's kind of ingrained in you in the military as well so you like to think that anybody in the army or, yeah. or whatever branch or you know would do whatever they had to to come you know come get you but um, I'm sure there's plenty of stories of people that like oh, well speaking of that though I think my uh, my favorite story ever was uh so, it, was it? So it was August when you went down to Texas, right? For yeah. the for like the training yeah. for like the before, before you left. Yeah. So training. you got that three days off, right? And I got yeah. I went and picked you up, and oh, yeah. so we went and uh, so I picked Dylan up. I drove down to this army camp, um, you know, crazy like a big old base, and there's all these these dudes hanging out, and I mean I was just so grateful that. Basically, I because I was living in Dallas, so I had I was able to go pick D up because everybody got the three days off, but it was kind of like you know, it was whether you were 
gonna then pay to get to a, a city which right. was you know the closest one i think was awesome it was like two was it two hours yeah, how long did we drive take, people were taking ubers or right so that's expensive yeah. either way so i roll in and fucking grab d and i was so fucking pumped to see him anyway so we went we went out but i don't know if i told you this but so we we're, we're on sixth street in austin and we're, we're just having an awesome time but um one of your one of the the older guys in your unit had came up and grabbed me and he pulls me back it, like to the back of the uh we're, we're in like one of the we're just going in fucking in and out of i don't know a hundred bars that night but uh so in one of the bars he like pulls me back and it's this like older guy and um so dylan and i have another connection one of my best friends um, Luke Karate, his his father actually, hard body. hard body Karate, shout out, fucking love you, dude. Um, but in the army still. but uh, yeah, so um, Luke's dad was a uh, was also a pilot, and so he had some some uh, we had some similar acquaintances in this situation, and and this gentleman he came up to me, and uh, he was like, hey, I just want you to know that uh, that it's an honor. It's an honor to be in Dylan's um, helicopter. No, no, no. He was in Dylan's helicopter specifically. He's like, he's the best stick we got in our unit. And I guess <laughs> stick is like army slang for like fucking magician. That's why I was saying like before the master of the stick, like um, that's a term, I guess, for, for being really a, a really good you pilot. Know who that was? No, so that older guy came up to me. He had like a. a buzz cut sideburns you know whatever and he came up to me he's like hey i just want you to know that like i am super fucking jacked that i'm in your cousin's helicopter <laughs> because he's fucking good at his job and i'm not as scared so then i get like you know whatever like teary-eyed kind of in the bar type of thing but not really but then i was like all right fucking right like okay then i'm not really worried then too if, if other people are fucking pumped about uh um, whatever. So I actually, I did, I told your mom that when you were over there, not oh, you. Sure. So yeah, no, no. So she, no, totally. But either way, so it's always a good feeling like knowing like, you know, your, your family, um, is just like really fucking awesome at their fucking. <laughs> well, that guy probably never been on the bird when I, when I screwed up. So. <laughs> well, Hey, guess <laughs> what? Hey, you're here and we're talking. So, um, yeah, uh, that was just, that was awesome for me. And, uh, this is awesome for me because fucking obviously I I love Dill and uh, so it's definitely um, yeah whatever whatever life uh, you know whatever's next I mean dude you're a fucking jet airline pilot now like fucking let's well, go hopefully baby hopefully that'll be a little uh, lower stress no lower stress but like fucking dude talk about seeing the world and getting to getting the fucking uh, it a quick access to uh, a lot of places that, that a lot of people won't well, ever have access to. As long to, as the COVID know. doesn't fuck all the airlines, will be out of a job. So. I think we should, uh, we should start wrapping this up. We've gone longer than normal. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We've had, what, one, two, four, we've had, what, four guests on? Yeah. We'll probably have, yeah, we're a little over an hour here. I'll probably cut Stillman's part because it was <laughs> fucking brutal. But, Dill, listen, man. I've known you now since you were 13 years old, just a young little shit trying to make the uh, MHS spring hockey team. Spoiler alert, everybody made the team, so it wasn't that tough. (laughs) Didn't have enough players to field more than one team, so everybody made the team. But to see your evolution as a person and, you know, who you've grown up into through everything you've been through, you know, you've been through a bunch of shit the same, same as a lot of people have, but very unique to yourself. It is, um, I said this to you the other day when we were talking, like, I thank, you know, the universe every day that I have friends like you and people like you in my life and not shitty assholes who have no perspective or anything like that. To have somebody like you around in my life is, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking for Ben at this point too, but um, it's the fucking best, man. I mean, the the people, the group that we've all put together, the everything about it is fucking awesome. I'm, I'm, or awesome. I'm so thankful to have you in my life. I love you, buddy. 
Yeah, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, I mean, you were always my uh, my plus one to the beach house. Fucking right. That's how we got here. Listen, kid, kids, in life they say it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. So ingrain yourself into a family that has a beach house. That is the key. Every, uh, everybody else was bringing their boyfriends and girlfriends down, and I would, I would come down there with Aaron. So, um, Thank you for that, Aaron. Those were, uh, those were good times. Great times. The I best times. I appreciate you guys coming up here. It's really neat to see you guys record this thing live. So, um, You're a fucking natural, bud. You're going to end up being the third person on this up, podcast. Straight up, like, like that was that was really cool. Um, I think maybe, maybe we should just edit everybody else out and just have the Dylan interview. <laughs> Probably not a bad idea. <laughs> we'll re-record the first ten minutes of it. Honestly, uh, hey, dude, love you more than you know, and uh, obviously, yeah, dude, I fucking I drove my ass here with with my girl, and uh, wouldn't want to miss this. So, I uh, I thought it. that you guys were gonna be asking me some more uh, like more difficult questions. So. No, nah, we know you couldn't handle the hard ones, so we give you some layups. Right, Listen, <laughs> hey, Benny, Dill, great chat, boys. Love you both. Love you, Aaron. Love you, Dill. Love you.